Hey ladies and gents and welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast where we talk about video games and everything happening in the industry. Episode 263, I'm your host Jared Weich. As always, I'm joined by my co-host Dominic Orlando. Scored my first points in this year's Fantasy Critics League. Thank you, Fire Emblem Engage. We'll take it. What did that niche you? Like 12, 13 points, right? I don't, it's not like finalized yet, but um, it looks like it's oh, Yeah, because it doesn't even release till the 20th, yeah. Yeah, so I think they gave it some time, but it should be in that range, which I feel like that's a solid... Like, if I could get every one of my games to score that, I'd feel good. Well, yeah. I mean, if every game scores 10, that's 200 points, cause we're, or even more than that, because I think we're doing 22 total with the DLC and the unannounced game. 22 so yeah, if anything above 10 is good, man. Anything above 10. Uh, honestly, like anything above, like, 7, I think, is, is in, in the green. This week, we're covering everything Xbox, as you've probably seen if you're listening to this on podcast services or watching this on YouTube. The title of this is The State of Xbox and Bethesda. We're basically going to be going over all of the games that are in development, the stuff we know uh, behind the scenes in terms of rumors and all of that. But before we do, we're going to be going over the Developer Direct that's happening next week. We're recording this podcast on the 19th. That's happening on the 25th. So we're going to be covering what's expected from that showcase, first one we've ever had. Uh, so it's going to be fun to see what it ends up being in terms of its structure and everything. But first up, before we get into all that, I kind of just want to touch on this because it'd be weird to go into all of this Xbox excitement without mentioning that Microsoft is seeing 10,000 employee layoffs. Uh, Jason Schreier, obviously a video game insider, he posted on Twitter, quote, The scale is not yet clear, but Bloomberg has so far confirmed job cuts at Bethesda Game Studios and 343 Interactive. Microsoft spokesperson declined to comment on how many employees of the gaming division were laid off because this was Microsoft-wide. Um, he also went on to say, Microsoft won't share specific numbers, but several employees have told me that 343 Industries was hit hard. This comes in the wake of a long-running hiring freeze and a lot of contractor departures, which unfortunately is kind of the reality of the gaming space where, and a lot of tech industries, honestly, where they hire these contractors and then over a period of time, they let them go. Um, and this isn't even just, the, the layoffs in general aren't just here for Microsoft. It seems like the tech industry as a whole, right, Dumb, over the last month. Yeah. You saw Meta with thousands of layoffs, just all of these companies uh, firing people, which is always a bummer when they're kind of partnered with record profits reports as well for these companies, which kind of stings. So, you know, I'm not saying Microsoft is uh, getting off here uh, with n no criticism for uh, laying off 10,000 employees, but they also aren't. This isn't happening in a vacuum. This is, seems like a whole industry thing that's happening right now, so. I just thought it'd be weird, Dom, for us to go and be like, oh, this Xbox game, oh, this Xbox game with, uh, yeah. you know, the Microsoft layoffs happening. I don't know if you have anything to add there, but I just wanted to touch on it at least. No, not really. It's never good. Um, just hopefully, hopefully, you know, all those people can, as they say, land on their feet somewhere. The worst thing about this and the most annoying thing is the console war fanboys who are using this as like a yeah. celebratory thing which is my goodness on its own is like you're celebrating people losing their jobs and then it's like how in how in any way would this even be positive for play i don't know it's, it's so dumb I, it's so yeah. annoying i hate to break it to you we're probably going to see a report in the next year of sony having some sort of layoffs and nintendo mm -hmm. probably too because it's unfortunately just the way it works so yeah i just that that whole stuff is it's always you, weird you, it, when you get into the math of it, the specifics, because you're, it's a great cost to lay people off, right? Um, 
even at the time, like and there's the immediate cost of what you have to pay all that severance and and stuff like that. And then obviously like that's less people creating value for the company. But then in almost all likelihood, you know, another year or two years from now, you're gonna be hiring people back. And that itself, hiring new people also has a great cost. And so it's gotta it's gotta really be worth it. And that's not even getting into the the, the ethics of it, I guess, too. Yeah, it's weird math that happens, I guess. Uh, well, yeah, and then you don't know about, like, incentives based on employment rates and tax. Mm-hmm. It's like a bunch of mumbo-jumbo business stuff that you basically go into it on the back end. It's like, well, technically, if we fire X people, we will pay this much. But in in three years, we're actually cutting it. It's like they go through all yeah. this math. and it, Yeah. Who cares? People lost their jobs, which is the most important. So it sucks. But, yeah, I just want to mention that. So, with that out of the way, uh, importantly, uh, talk about, we're going to get to this uh, Xbox Developer Direct expectations. So, I have the official PR release here, uh, and then we're going to go and talk about what we expect from the show and all of that. So, this is from the Xbox News blog. Quote, Xbox and Bethesda will present a Developer Direct on Wednesday, January 25th, providing fans with an inside look at some of the games coming to Xbox, PC, and Game Pass over the next few months. Presented by the game creators themselves, from studios including Arkane Austin, Mojang Studios, Turn 10 Studios, and ZeniMax Online Studios, the Developer Direct will focus on big features, extended gameplay showcases, and the latest info for Xbox games launching in the next few months, including The Elder Scrolls Online, Forza Motorsport, Minecraft Legends, and Redfall. To get, this is the, I think, the most important part of this PR blast, to de- dedicate the proper amount of time for a deep dive into Bethesda Game Studios Starfield, a standalone show is in the works. So they had some blurbs here for each of the four games that are confirmed to be there. Um, I don't know if I necessarily need to read. The two I'll read because Forza Motorsport we're not super interested in and neither Elder Scrolls Online. But for Minecraft Legends, which I'm curious about, it says Mojang Studios will showcase an insider's look into the PvP multiplayer experience of Minecraft Legends developed in partnership with Blackbird Interactive and launching this spring. Don't miss exclusive gameplay footage. And Redfall, Arcane Austin will showcase several minutes of single multiplayer gameplay showing more of how you and your friends will take down bloodthirsty vampires on the picturesque island of Redfall, Massachusetts. Fans can expect to learn more about combat, customization, bosses, the open world, and much more. So, uh, with those two games, essentially, I, I guess the games in general, I think it's pretty safe to say or hope that we're going to get release dates for at least Motorsport Legends and Redfall. Elder Scrolls Online... It talks about a new chapter, so maybe they'll get the release date for that. And I guess following the show, there's going to be an in-depth detail about uh, whatever the next chapter is for Elder Scrolls Online. Uh, but I wanted to follow this up real quick with uh, information from Aaron Greenberg, who's the head of marketing for Xbox. So he clarified some things. First up, he said that the show will be around 43 minutes in length. With the four games confirmed, it's like safe to assume at least 10 minutes a game. But that's assuming that those are the only four games shown, yeah, which we'll get into. 44 minutes. Yeah. Um, two, we will see some of the ga- Sorry. We'll see some of the games coming to Xbox PC Game Pass over the next few months. Uh, so it's kind of repeating what the PR Blast said, but he said over the next few months. So that kind of le- is leaving people to be like, oh, how soon are these games actually coming out in terms of release date? And lastly, which I think is pretty, pretty much the most important thing he, he clarified is that the goal they have is to be as transparent as possible on what devs, uh, dev teams and games to expect to see in the show. And this goes back to the conversation we always have with State of Plays or Nintendo Directs, Dom, expectations, right? And the sad thing about the internet 
is that these marketing teams can do everything they can to be as transparent and clear as possible to the T. And what are people going to do on the internet? There's no way they're just going to have those games. There's going to be this. So there's a rumor that this is happening. Um, and I think what we've kind of come to an agreement on is that it's always better to undersell than oversell, right? Like it's yeah, always better to say the things you know people are either A, excited for, or B, the things that you kind of had to hit marketing beats on regardless, and maybe sprinkle in a surprise announcement uh, of maybe a smaller scale or a scoped project. And the last thing before we talk about the show and what our expectations are, rumors and speculation. So there's currently two rumors right now in terms of the showcase. One is that Tango Gameworks is rumored to reveal their next game, a smaller scoped project, which we'll get into the big topic of the show, which is the state of Xbox, um, what specifically that game is. Um, and the second is that Redfall is set to release on May 2nd, 2023. So this falls in line for a couple of reasons. One, it hits the 12-month window that we heard about with the Xbox showcase last E3 time, where they said everything in this showcase is going to come out in the next 12 months. Um, it's presumably also going to be right before Starfield, um, we assume at least. I don't know. So I guess the first place we'll start, Dom, is what is your percentage in thinking that Forza Motorsport, Minecraft Legends, and Redfall will get release dates for all three of those games by the time this 40 minutes is done? Probably not. I wouldn't think that's... Um, I mean, especially like those, yeah, those being the four highlights of, of the showcase itself. It, it, uh, I don't know. I think we'll get more release dates in the next month or two because there's, there's, a, there's a, certainly a value in having a bunch of dates to share in one at one time but uh, you don't want to do too much also because when you can string that out i guess um even if it's in not as sexy of a format as this um you know presentation is likely to be but i don't think we would see all those release release dates probably just you know the ones that are i don't want to say not necessarily closest but maybe the most firm or slash the most relevant or whatever else they determine to be the factors but I don't think we see all of them. Yeah, if I had to rank them in terms of most likely to least likely of those three, I would say, I'd say Forza Motorsport is most likely of a specific date. Mm-hmm. I would say Redfall is second, and I'd put those at like ninety and eighty percent, and then I drop down to like sixty percent for Minecraft Legends. Yeah. Uh, just because a it's not as big of a project, and it doesn't need to hit marketing beats in the same way because it's Minecraft. Like people are gonna flock to it simply for it being part of that property, uh, and and B, that game is loosest in terms of, like, my perception of when it's coming out. Because Redfall and Forza Motorsport, I definitely see those as first half of 2023 games. Whereas Minecraft Legends, I could totally see as their Game Pass bump in, like, August. Like, it wouldn't surprise me. So why date it now when you can wait? Also, it's unclear, is that game going to release in beta first? Or is it going to release fully? We don't mm-hmm. know that e- either. So who knows, really? Um, I think in terms of this rumor that Tango Gameworks is going to show a smaller game, I do think there is a possibility that maybe we get uh, a couple of indie games show up, known indie games, not necessarily Absolutely. announcements. Yeah. Uh, because a it wouldn't it wouldn't create this perception that Xbox is intentionally hiding stuff to surprise people. Like, oh, they only told us those four games because they wanted us to have a surprise. And two, they're not big enough games where people who don't tune in live feel like they mess, missed out because Xbox didn't announce it. You know what I mean? So I think like yeah. smaller indie games getting release dates or Maybe games, indie games we already know are coming out this year, Dom, but haven't been announced to come to Game Pass Day 1. That's an easy win, too. Good point. 
and I wouldn't be surprised if that's part of the show too, is they have a small little montage real quick of uh, announcements for Game Pass games coming. Not necessarily new releases, but games that have already come out in the last year or two that are finally coming to Game Pass. I could totally see that happening as well. Uh, the structure of the show is what's most important. I think people are kind of afraid of the fact that it's called a developer uh, direct and that That's it's going to be people yeah. sitting down talking and not showing a, a lot of gameplay. My hope is that it's it's not that. It's that the teams introduce themselves, they talk about the game real quick, and then it's them voicing over gameplay of the game. That's what I hope it is, and talking in depth about that. So we'll see. Uh, my expectations are middling. I don't. I'm not like excited, but I'm also not like apathetic towards it. I'm kind of just let's see what they show us. Um, and the fact that they are doing an, a a specific exclusive show for Starfield, that's interesting to me because that means that they don't want to have all of these games kind of play second fiddle because you know if Starfield was a part of this, if it's a VOD, people are going to probably skip ahead to Starfield to see that part of the presentation, yeah. right? Um, yeah, I guess with that, Starfield, I think that, that presentation has to happen by April, right? Definitely, because we know, or at least they've said, that it is the first half of the year game, correct? So, you know, we're coming up on the end of January. Um, so, like, how much time can you expect there to be between announcing the release date and the actual release like at least a month right probably like two months at least right and what's um, the cadence of the developer direct in general we don't know that either is this a quarterly yeah. show they're going to be doing is this a bi-monthly monthly um for me i think march is the sweet spot for the current expectations we have for when starfield comes out because if the show happens by march a june july release date where july technically wouldn't be first half of the year but it's close enough i don't really care I think that makes the most sense. It's going to be weird, though, that we're going to have this presentation, which I assume is going to be like a 30 to 40 minute Todd Howard TED talk, right? Like we got with Fallout 4. Because mm -hmm. um, it leaves them in a weird place. If this game doesn't release before their E3 presentation, that's going to be a weird thing, too. Because then they do they just show like a launch trailer for it at that point or something? Obviously, they could cook up something where it's like maybe more story focused going over characters or something. But I'm just saying that it's weird. It'd be weird to have a big presentation and it not come out before E3 because then it's kind of like a weird marketing middle ground, you know? Yeah, I see what you're saying. It could get awkward there with the timing of things. But I, don't, I, I think you're right, though. I think, yeah, March or April is when I would assume or expect to see that Starfield showcase which which I'll, by the way like i'm so excited for like i'm so excited to see more of what's going on in this game my expectations are probably too high for starfield but um at least for now i'm i'm living it living it up and i'm expecting just this that dream um fallout in space you know that skyrim in space game that apparently i've been wanting i didn't totally realize it but I just want to see more of it. I'm excited for this. Whenever it does happen. I just want it because I'm tired of the how is this any different than the Outer Worlds 2 or this just looks like No Man's Sky with a bigger budget. Like I want them to showcase why this is a Bethesda RPG. Because I do feel we've we've talked about this numerous times. The slander that Bethesda gets deservedly so in terms of Fallout 76 though technically their main team didn't work on that but that's whatever. Who cares about technicalities? 
I just think the like they've it's weird because people flipped so quickly on Cyberpunk after it was fixed to be like, oh no, CD Projekt Red still great. Don't worry about it. Still great. Whereas like with Bethesda, even though they've turned around Fallout seventy six to a tremendous extent, they haven't gotten that reciprocation in the same way. People are like, oh, why should we trust Bethesda? They made the shitty Fallout game. You know what I mean? It's very weird in that sense of people were way more forgiving of CD Projekt Red than they were of Bethesda. I don't know. And people, I think it, maybe it's because of Todd Howard and CD Projekt Red doesn't really have a face that people can poke fun at. I don't know. It just, that, that stuff's always rubbed me the wrong way of, I don't know. It just seems weird. Well, and sometimes too, I feel the bigger and more exciting or, you know, things get, the more, they're going to be more talked about and more talked about is going to go in every direction, right? So they have a, the most hated athletes are also always the best athletes, coincidentally, right? So not to say like as it is the best game studio necessarily, but they have a huge game coming out, right? So with that, regardless of the actual quality of the game itself, just the, the size of it and the, you know, all the marketing and the conversations around it being like, there's going to be a lot of the negative talk too um inevitably well, there's going to be people going into the game that are going to want to hate it so they're going to find literally yeah. any reason to dislike it regardless yeah you know what i mean and which is like what's pass, the point of even doing that which is interesting too because so potentially well not not because it's it's exclusive now so actually it, the the audience is limited to xbox and pc um so you're cutting out playstation but it's still getting put on the game pass so there's no initial purchase uh barrier basically so it probably should be similar um i mean tons of people are going to play this as soon as it comes out um tons of people who might not have otherwise bought it are going to try it out for the first time which overall is going to be great because most of those people are probably going to like it and a lot of those people aren't going to like it and they're just going to let the internet know that they don't like it so ready for that too i guess yeah and also I'm thinking of what's the last major AAA open world RPG set in space that we got? Because obviously there's Outer Worlds, but I wouldn't consider Outer Worlds like major AAA, right? That was like middle yeah. tier. For it's like borderline. It, it, you know, I, it was a good game. I, I think it was like AAA in terms of quality. Um, I think scope maybe is what I'm thinking about. Like yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily, it was kind of short, which isn't a yes. bad thing, but. I'm thinking of like what's the last major AAA science fiction space RPG? It's obviously, Andromeda? Mass Effect is my starting point. Mm-hmm. And then I'm thinking of what other there's Outer Worlds. What other major open world games? Most of them are like fantasy. Obviously, we got Red Dead. That's Western. Even No Man's Sky is, um, I think, technically indie, maybe maybe at first, but it's huge but a different kind of huge obviously all procedurally generated um, so i don't think that really qualifies it's really not an rpg in the same way either and i think technically uh technically in terms of like critical reception regardless of the scope of the game i think the best would be outer wilds yeah which i've never played but obviously so many people like it but I, my understanding is that's like a a puzzle type game um I've started it. Yeah, basically, this isn't a spoiler, but every 20 minutes, you die and respawn at the beginning. And it's all about you unraveling a mystery. Like, the premise is really cool, and I need to get back to it. Uh, Because I only played 20 minutes. I I played till the first death, 
And then I didn't understand that that was like the thing. Not that I didn't understand that you died on purpose. I just didn't understand like, oh, I don't know. It was just, I was in a weird place at that time. I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. I want to commit to playing 20 minutes at a time and figuring things out. So we'll see what happens with Starfield. So, Hopefully it's good. Who has it in uh, Fantasy Critics? You or me? I think I do. Because you took Breath of the Wild. Nice. Jesus, goodness. The Tears of the Kingdom you took first. <laughs> don't and disrespect the king. Yeah, <laughs> not I think it was game. the second or third pick I used to take Starfield because I took it really high. Yeah, I think I went Tears of the Kingdom Spider Man. No, I went Tears of the Kingdom Diablo. I think. Oh yeah, Diablo, you took high too. Yeah. Okay, let's get to the big topic of the show. Now that we're talking about the Developer Digital Direct, I keep doing that. I keep wanting to call it Developer Digital, which I think is because of Devolver D- Digital. Yeah. There's so just a tongue twister. Uh, we're gonna be looking at the state of Xbox Game Studios. So here's a look at all the projects currently in development across Xbox Game Studios' numerous game developers, including ZeniMax Bethesda and the, uh, I'm leaving out the acquisition of Activision Blizzard because A, that'd be way too goddamn long, and B, that hasn't happened yet. And though we all think it's going to happen, you never know. Uh, real quick too, so I don't have to keep saying where they're from, the two uh, reliable sources on here that I'll mention numerous times are Jeff Grubb. He formerly worked at Venture Beating Games Beat, but he's on GameSpot and Jez Corden of Windows Central. Um, they both have an r- excellent track record. One of the most phenomenal ones that I went back to read while redoing this and updating it, Dom, is the number of details Jez Corden had about Pentiment before that came out, of like Jez Corden directing it, it's dealing with the grisly murder in the, you know, the 1200s, the art style, all of that stuff. It was crazy because there's some other games that he revealed at that same time that haven't come out here or been announced yet. So I'm like, oh, if he got that almost perfectly, and I'm assuming it being Xbox Studios, he probably got it from a lot of the same sources. Mm-hmm. It has me excited for upcoming games. So we're going to go studio by studio, going to be going over their last release, their next release, and rumors and information regarding the studios, Dom, and we can stop to talk about whatever ones we feel most interesting about. Some of them won't really have conversations because either there's not a whole lot of information there, or B, you and I aren't really interested in talking about what the next game is or whatever. The first one is 343 Industries. Their last release was Halo Infinite in 2021. Their next release in April of 2022, Jez Corden uh, stated that he believed that 343 was working on another Halo title separate from Halo Infinite. A trademark was made by Microsoft Xbox for Halo The Endless in late 2021. It's unclear if this is for Halo Infinite DLC, 343's rumored second Halo title, or other media such as a book. It's important to note the way they structured Halo Infinite when they announced it is that it's going to be a platform. So if this does end up being quote unquote Halo Infinite DLC, don't think of it as like previous Halo map packs. Think of it as like a story expansion because the story in Halo Infinite kind of left off on a hang, uh, a cliffhanger a little bit with uh, the new Cortana revealing her name and obviously stuff to do with some of the alien species we encountered in that game. Um, Halo the Endless, Dom, do you think this is a book? Do you think this is DLC? To me, this sounds like Halo Infinite, the endless update, and it's. I think it's going to be maybe an all-encompassing thing. Like we talked about where I made the prediction in our gaming predictions of a big update for Halo Infinite where there's new maps, there's maybe new game modes, but there's a narrative story expansion to have you know people dive back into that side of the game with Master Chief. My, my immediate thought was it's a horde mode, right? Like endless waves of enemies. Oh, yeah. Um, but I think it's bigger, like I there wouldn't be a trademark for that for just one mode necessarily. Um, Could it be the battle royale? 
Right. It could be that. The other thing I thought of um, is uh, the Endless also sounds like an entity in the Halo universe. It makes me think of, you know, the Flood, the Covenant. Um, feels like it could be a new species or, or a new something, um, which, you know, like you said, that could mean it's a book or anything, you know, or an expansion or literally anything. Um, so funny enough Halo. that you mentioned this, when I was doing research, I actually looked up the Endless and it says here on the Halo Wiki, the Zalanin, also known as the Endless, was an advanced race whose oh. members were imprisoned by the Forerunners. So this goes back Got to it. at the end of Halo Infinite when they were talking to the female alien lady, mm-hmm. and you're figuring out like who really was running things with the the Forerunners and everything. That's why I forgot. This is why I think it might be story DLC is because it has to do specifically with that. But at the same time, it could also just be a companion book for the game that comes out too. Right. It could be unfortunate, but it is a reality. Yes, you weren't far off. It is part of the 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 Halo uh, lore. It sounded like it fits right in. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to leave you on a cliff hanging. Uh, next up, we got the Coalition. Last release, Gears Tactics in 2020. Next release, Jeff Grubb of VentureBeat uh, reported in May of 2021 that the studio is working on the next entry in the Gears franchise, but also a brand new IP said to be a smaller scale. Now, Jeff Grubb actually followed this up along with other Xbox insiders, stating that the new IP is a much smaller scale than Gears of War and has been planned for a 2023 release, with the next entry in the Gears of War series likely Gears 6 to follow. So, to me, this means that maybe Xbox greenlit an initiative to where hey, all of you guys just make like a Pentiment, they didn't say Pentiment, but make like a Pentiment-sized smaller-scale game to get like a break from your major projects. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, between Pentiment, there's going to be some other stuff we're talking about. Uh, Coalition just seems like maybe they got to work on some new IP stuff. The Coalition's interesting, though, Don, because it was a studio specifically founded to continue working on Gears after Xbox and Microsoft bought the, the franchise from Epic. And all we've known them for is Gears. And the assumption is, oh, if they're making a new IP, it's probably a third-person shooter. It's probably something that's, you know, more violent than uh, families buying video games would want. I don't think that's a a good assumption to make because I I just think that, like, especially developers who want to make a smaller-scale game, anything's on the table. And I'm hoping that it's something refreshing that we wouldn't expect. Like, I guess for you... If you had a dream scenario where you got a smaller scale game from Coalition, you don't even have to say maybe the setting uh, or anything like that, but in terms of gameplay or genre, what would you want? What would be most interesting to you? Uh, yeah, because I'm with you on like, yeah, do something as different as possible, and I'd be really into that. Um, it, you know, like, because it feels like that means it's something you really wanted to do and you're not just trying to fit a mold or something. But as far as like, yeah, gameplay, I mean, to me, same same thing. Like anything that's that's just different. Like you saw with, I mean, who could have predicted Pentiment, right? Like that that the genre, the setting, and the and then of course the gameplay was going to be what it was going to be uh, from Obsidian. It, I don't know. It's just I wanted like <clears throat> another surprise like that in both genre and um, or you know and gameplay. Like it literally. To me, like nothing's off the table. Like, I want like whatever it is. You know, enough people at that studio feel passionate enough to create. And that's like the corniest like 
silliest thing I've said, but um, <laughs> that's what I want because I feel like really open to to different experiences. You know, in the past, I don't know, couple years more than I ever have before. Um, like I want to be convinced that um, this weird game is set in this weird place with this weird gameplay is something is something that I would be into, right? So it's like I almost just want something that I can't even think of. I want something I wouldn't predict, like Tentament, which I still need to play. And I intend to, but um, <clears throat> I guess I don't. Yeah, I don't know. So like, just something that's original as far as gameplay. Like, give me like some kind of like twist on the way a, a game is structured, or, or you know, the way it works. Right. I don't want to like we we spent a lot of our time talking about comparing things like, oh, this is similar, very similar to an open world Ubisoft game where you're checking stuff off, right? Or like everything feels like it comes from something else, at least major parts of it. And uh, yeah, so like I'm more curious about the new stuff. Like what is, what's the original, more than just a mechanic or kind of fundamental structure of how a game works. Like we're, I want the originality in that as much as possible. The only thing I would demand if I had the chance to is that it's not multiplayer. Uh, I'd, I'd hope that it's sing a single-player experience. Mm -hmm. um, and in terms of what I'd want, obviously I'm with you of whatever they want to make. But for me, I think a narrative-driven game would be very interesting because I think a lot of times that's what the Coalition is like pointed at for people who don't play any of the Gears games. Of like, it's a dumb meathead action game. You know what I mean? They don't ever praise the narrative of those games, which have gotten, mm -hmm. in my opinion, better. I haven't played five yet, but one through four, it progressively gets better and more of a story instead of just like a dude bromance. Uh, and then five the other really thing is that... In that department, by uh, the way. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Uh, especially because a lot of the trailers leading up to the release looked very narrative-focused. Um, I would love a... 2d game of some sort whether it's a metroidvania platform or something like that just to change the perspective kind of like with what pentiment did with what we'd expect from obsidian uh two mechanics i think that the coalition is very good at that i think they could implement in ways we could never see coming kind of like the way that obsidian implemented their rpg storytelling structure into a 2d game like pentiment is the uh active reload i think that's a mechanic that oh, you yeah. can use in very interesting ways of uh, creating uh, either uh, buffs or nerfs based on timing, so kind of like a rhythm game, sort of. Uh, and two, I think cover-based, like using protection, like not always fighting, but protecting yourself from damage. Uh, I think that'd be very interesting, where you have a company known for very violent games. If you're if you created a game where you're actively avoiding violence, that'd be very interesting, too. Uh, like, a platform, like a 2D platformer where you're not attacking enemies, but you're using momentum and movement and cover to avoid Dude. enemies. I think that'd be cool. What if, it, what if it's like Hacksaw Ridge and you're like, there's a lot going on, a lot of violence going on, but you are actually just like, you know, trying to rescue people or something to that effect. Like you're saying, like, that's a cool idea. Um, I think those, those are really hard in terms of game design where you're not actively engaging with the enemy in ways that people traditionally would think you would. Mm -hmm. uh, and for, coming from the coalition, right? The dude bro developer uh, ultra violence it's like whoa i did not see this coming i think i'd be really dope it reminds me um, of like, for all the weirdness that went on in, with death stranding and with, like all the cool stuff it sets up story character wise but then like in the last third of it i just completely like had no idea what was going on anymore with all that the the gameplay that it went for um 
it felt like what we're talking about like oh let's do something in totally a totally different way it's not about fighting people or dispatching people or have you know like we're just literally delivering shit through wild different terrains and we have all these tools and uh, means of transportation and building and stuff like to help us but and it's the physics being so realistic to actually yeah make a challenge out of literally carrying boxes a couple miles away um so it feels kind of like that where like you're talking about it like maybe it's not about killing people this time <laughs> um which i think in general uh, we the more games that do that i think the better because not only can that help change the perception of the coalition specifically like because like you've said we've only seen you know a lot of gears of war games like extra hardcore meathead um but gaming in general i think has that connotation with it of like it's shooters right and it's just multiplayer shooters you're just killing things and killing each other even when it's like aliens or non-human like that's a little different but um like i think it's cool like the more games we can get where that are good obviously but also like not centered on killing something especially people <laughs> um the, the better perceptions that, that can start to develop for gaming as a in general which is growing but um i think can still have that negative connotation attached to it sometimes like it's just always super violent and that kind of thing all the time yeah and i mean the cool thing is if this game ends up coming out in 2023 it's just another game we can play i hope it does that'd be sick yeah um and earlier I said, well, yeah, maybe Microsoft went to all these studios and said, make smaller projects, not only out of the kindness of their heart, which I do think they're in a position where they're wanting their developers to develop the games they want to, but also from a dis uh, business standpoint of if we're having these big studios work on these big games, the reality of game development is that there's going to be time between those big projects. How do we fill up the Game Pass catalog outside of partnering with other studios, have our studios make smaller, passionate projects to fill out the catalog, right? I think that's part of it, too. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm excited. Hopefully we see that game this year and I'd be super stoked if we uh, get to play it this year. Cause then I think too, the people who are yearning for gear six are like, okay, that game's out. Now I know it's full steam ahead on the next gears game. Mm -hmm. And maybe we see both of them this year. Maybe we see the smaller game. It comes out and then at E3 is the reveal of gear six, you know, who knows? Uh, next up the initiative latest release, nothing. They're a new studio. Uh, next release, perfect dark reboot revealed at the game awards in 2020. Square Enix's Crystal Dynamic was announced to be helping on the project. After Crystal Dynamics left Square Enix, uh, it was still revealed that they're continuing to work as a co-developer of the game. Uh, back in 2021, Jeff Grubb uh, stated that, to his understanding, at the time, the belief was that the game was targeting a 2023 release window. Now, given everything that's gone on with the game, I'm sure you're of my opinion, Don, that seems a little unrealistic of that game mm -hmm. coming out this year. We've only ever seen the initial release trailer for it. Though, I do think it's likely, I don't know how likely, maybe it's 60-40, I'd hope it's more than that, that we do see it again this year at some point with the trailer. I think worst case scenario, the Game Awards, right, is where we see it pop up again, maybe. Best case scenario, E3 or one of these uh, other events that we think Xbox might be doing this year. Yeah. Uh, I just want us to be excited for Perfect Dark Dawn because the talent at that studio is, is really astounding uh what's left of it anyways because obviously we heard about some of the developers leaving um but also perfect dark is a series that i've always heard good things about and i've looked back on and it doesn't seem like one where the game design aged very well it's very much in that golden eye realm of game design uh, and i know people love golden eye but you gotta you gotta be honest with yourself <laughs> they didn't the control yeah. scheme and everything didn't aim all that uh didn't uh modernize itself all that well 
Uh, so yeah, I want to be excited for it, Don, because we're not getting Splinter Cell anytime soon. I want like an espionage spy game. I think this could be the closest thing to an Uncharted that we get from Xbox in terms of the budget and the feel of the game where it feels like a cinematic presentation. Where mm-hmm. do you sit with Perfect Dark? Do you think we're going to see it this year? Do you want to see it this year? It doesn't feel like we're going to. I I think I'm with Dang you. It just it. seems, <laughs> yeah. It it just seems like they got work to do, and that's and that's great. That's good. Um, but not only that, but there's a lot of other Xbox stuff uh, as we've already a little bit we've already talked about, and we're going to continue to talk about what Xbox does have going on just this year, and it feels substantial. So it doesn't feel like they're going to, you know, be extracting trailers out of you know early on games uh, from like especially from a new studio at this point so i don't think we really see it this year well and i guess yeah i think to your point there's no chance we would see just a cinematic trailer again this year they can't do it. like next time we got to see some exactly. sort of gameplay whether it's you know in engine or actual moment-to-moment gameplay so yeah maybe i'm just being too optimistic unfortunately but i hope i just want to be sold on that game dom because i think i can be and i can be excited for it I just want to see what exactly it is Joanna Dark deserves to be presented well. Next up, who I would call Xbox's Insomniac Games, we got Obsidian Entertainment. So their late, latest release is actually at 2 in 2022. They had Grounded 1.0, which saw full release, and then they saw uh, uh, Pentiment, which we talked about. Now, uh, there's some interesting new information that I got researching for this updated podcast episode, Dom, uh, which I think you may be excited for because I know you love Obsidian as much as I do. So their next release, according to Jez Corden, Obsidian had a plan. This is going in 2021. He revealed this. They have a plan of releasing seven games over the course of the next seven years, starting in 2022. Does that plan? We saw the release of Grounded and Pentiment at all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So if you count Grounded and Pentiment in 2022, that means 2023 to what? Seven years from 2022 would be 2028, nine. Uh, so. We only need five more game releases, and we already know Avowed and Outer Worlds, so we only need three additional games off of that. So, it's totally plausible. Uh, with Avowed, uh, it's a fantasy first-person RPG set in Pillars of Eternity Universe. In 2020, Jeff Grubb said it was planned to release in 2023. Rumors as recent as January 15th of 2023 have suggested the new targeted window for release is Q2 2024. That's specific. Which, that makes more sense. I see it coming out in the first half of next year for sure. One thing I didn't know, Dom, is there was several screenshots of this game that leaked. Oh, really? Yeah. And they're mostly like magic. You can probably Google it of like avowed screenshot leak. The visual fidelity of the game is incredible. So it was originally, the image I saw was originally leaked. It was kind of grainy and pixely. But since then, people have leaked like higher resolution versions of that photo. It's of uh, the, the user in front of, like, a, a watchtower of some sort using purple magic. And uh, I don't know if you're seeing the same one. Uh, like a sword in the right hand and then... Oh, nope. Wait, here it is. The one Ooh, I saw right. was, like, two-hand magic in front of, like, yeah. a watchtower. And yeah. I don't know if you were able to see the high-def one, but that game, it, it looks beautiful. And I'm very excited for it. It's one of my most anticipated games solely because we're not getting Elder Scrolls anytime soon, which we'll get into later. I want to sink my teeth into a fantasy RPG. I know I've said I want to hop into Witcher 3 again for the first time, which I might end up doing. 
But I think this is cool too for the simple aspect of I think it's going to bring a whole new audience into the Pillars of Eternity <coughs> universe, Dom, because there's millions of gamers out there who just that game and its genre did not appeal to their sensibilities of it being like the Diablo camera angle, but it's kind of like an MMORPG in some senses. And I think having a first person AAA RPG from Obsidian, it's going to be of this scale, it's going to be the first one we get since Fallout New Vegas, right? I'm thinking. Yeah, so back to we got yeah, worlds, the, obviously. Back to the conversation we had about the last Western RPG in space, right? Um, this is a similar thing where we haven't had anything, um, at least what this game you know appears to be. We haven't had anything like that in a while, and I think it's going to leave us allowed. <laughs> yeah, I right. love it. <laughs> um, I thought I was like so proud of myself for that one, but um. Yeah, that's a good point too, though, about that. It's the, the fact that it's using the Pillars of Eternity uh, universe and lore, or what have you. Because I don't know anything about Pillars of Eternity except that it's got yeah that kind of CRPG camera angle, like more being up top and that kind of thing. So every once in a while, it makes a lot of sense to me to use existing universes and existing lore. World building is hard, man. It actually exactly. gives you a leg up to build a, a, an RPG with established canon and lore and all that. Even if it's like loosely connected or related, you know, if it's like like The Witcher, you know, was based on books, but they the games are not tech, you know, book canon technically. They kind of take some of their own liberties. Or like Cyberpunk was based on it was a board game, right? Um, but um, I don't know anything about that board game, but I assume that they like there's significant world building that has already been done for it. So, um, and even like something you know like Bloodborne was um, at least inspired by a lot of H.P. Lovecraft stuff. Um, you know, not not strictly connected, of course, but took a lot of ideas and, and you know feelings, I guess, or whatever. So I think that um, that serves to be a, an advantage for like how good this game could be in that like the world building even though even when it's like obviously like pillars of eternity fans are going to come into it and probably really appreciate that stuff and it's, they're make connections and and that'll be exciting for them but even for people like us who've never played those games um it helps that that world is already established and then they can just build on top of it so yeah this is another one and I'm, I'm super excited to hear that like it could be coming out next year that it's that close um yeah, so. Q2 2024 specifically, a lot of people were mentioning, which is which is dope. Mm -hmm. I think it's super smart marketing, whether they chose it or Xbox, to not call this Pillars of Eternity. I know some mm -hmm. fans might be bummed about that, but when you're trying to sell a, an IP, because most people are going to go into this thinking it's a new IP, and, I mean, depending on the perspective you're taking, some could argue it is, even though it's based on Pillars of Eternity, uh, solely because of it's a brand new you know gameplay and all that stuff. So I'm very excited. This is like... This would be number one on my most hype if we had more concrete concrete details on when it was coming out. Uh, but you know, it's I think after Starfield comes out, it's like my number one RPG hype that I, I just want to see more of it because I'm so excited about what Obsidian can deliver. Mm -hmm. Um, speaking of delivering, Outer Worlds two. This was revealed in June of 2021. The only thing we know so far is that uh, we'll hear more about it when they're ready to. Uh, and uh, it's going to have a new system and crew confirmed for the game as well. Excited. Release it when you want to release it. Uh, I think this one, unlike what we're going to expect with Starfield to Elder Scrolls 6, I think 
Avowed coming out, I wouldn't be surprised if Outer Worlds 2 is like 2025, if Avowed mm-hmm. comes out next year. Like, yeah. a, a year after wouldn't surprise me just because I think we know Obsidian has multiple teams working on projects at any given moment, and the Outer Worlds 2 is different in terms of the way it's structured as well, where Avowed, we've... I don't know if it's been confirmed it's an open-world RPG. Has it been confirmed? I actually don't That's know. Good question. I think it's assumed. Uh, Outer Worlds 2, I think, is going to be different because of its more open zone, right, where they handle planet mm-hmm. to planet. Uh, and my assumption is the big... The big thing for Outer Worlds 2, Dom, I think that'll sell people is that, you know how in Outer Worlds 1, the big, like, central hub area was that, like, indoor mall area, which wasn't huge, but it was, like, the indoor mall with all the stores. I think the selling point for Outer Worlds 2 is that there's going to be some good big areas with cities and planets, but I think the main draw is going to be the central hub is going to be, like, a pretty fleshed out city with stores and stuff, and that's going to be, like, the place you return to often. It's going to be a lot a lot larger of a scale than that hub in the first game. Yeah, so then out of... At least here, it doesn't appear that anyone said that it's an open-world RPG, just that it's a fantasy RPG. So maybe it's... Maybe it's not necessarily a Skyrim, but maybe... maybe no, I, I think the reason that it's it's people are assuming that is that the reveal trailer, like the way they show the scope of the world... And the perspective of the player, it feels like see that thing, go to that thing. Like emphasizing and that's kind of why that part. Yeah. Exactly. And that's why I want to see more of it so we have that confirmation. Even if it's not an open world, that isn't I'm I'm still excited for yeah. it. I'm just I don't, curious to see what it is. Yeah, I certainly didn't mean that in a pejorative, uh, just a different um but either way, uh, yeah, I'm pretty pumped. I can't wait to see more. Yeah. Shout out Obsidian. Next up, Ninja Theory. Their last release, Bleeding Edge in twenty twenty. Uh, which was the first of the smaller projects. Obviously, that one didn't hand in. It's part of why I don't want, um, who was it? The Coalition's game to be multiplayer because those are so hard to sustain, even if it's a smaller project, uh, whether it's like an arena shooter, a hero shooter, whatever it is. Uh, but their next release, they got two of them. Senua Saga Hellblade 2. This was announced in 2019. We got the last trailer for it at the Game Awards in 2021. That dope trailer. It's like a one shot of Senua going to a cave. There's like these weird baby giants yeah. that they're like throwing uh, uh, oil on and burning alive at the stake. Uh, numerous insiders have stated that Hellblade 2 releasing in 2023 wouldn't be too surprising based on what they've heard, really? which is pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. Another thing I read that I didn't add in here is that uh, some of the developers from Ninja, Ste- uh, Ninja Theory behind closed doors have basically said, this game is going to make the first one definitely feel like an indie title, which it wow. technically was, but that's cool that they're talking with that much confidence about the, the, the difference in terms of a scope. Obviously, the budget behind this one's much larger. Um, and the second game is Project Mara, which is their experimental game that will, quote, be a real-world and grounded representation of true mental terror and will be based heavily on research interviews and first-hand accounts to recreate the horrors of the mind as accurately and believably as possible. This was revealed in January of 2020. Now, the one thing I want to mention, too, is Jeff Grubb and other insiders have kind of doubled down on the fact that there's no shot Project Mara comes out before Hellblade 2. Like, Hellblade 2 is the next project. They're working on that, and Project Mara is kind of like their side thing that they're going to fully commit to after Hellblade 2 comes out. Man, so now, wow. Dom, reading all of these things about insiders saying that it, they wouldn't be surprised if it comes out this year, God, please come out this year. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my like September, October, November, somewhere in that range. October for the horror vibes, obviously, but anywhere in that range would be dope. 
Yeah, I'm guessing, yeah, that's what they must be shooting for. Um, and hopefully we see it this summer. Or I think in any scenario, actually, we should expect to see it this summer. And then hopefully sure, yeah, yeah. They, they make it to release still this year. Or I, I'm so excited. I'm going to have to like go back and uh, re-familiarize myself with kind of everything that happened in the first game. It was. Um, I need to track. finish it. Remember, I started it, and then something came up. I need to get back to it. Mm. Yeah, so I don't think it takes too long. I think it was a shorter um, type of experience. But uh, oh man, yeah, I, I forgot that this was first announced. Yeah, in 2019. That's it's been a while. So it makes sense that it's finally close to done. Um, that finally, it sounds like it's you know huge scope and tons of work, obviously. So yeah, I'm glad it's. I'm glad we're getting close to seeing this. Though. I'm pumped. Worst case scenario, we could get a Vout and Hellblade 2 next year, which would be sick. I'd be down mm-hmm. with that too. Yeah, can't wait. Next up, Double Fine. Last release, Psychonauts 2 in 2021. Shout out our game of the year for 2021. Uh, next release, Tim Schafer said he wants their next game to be new and refreshing, and it won't be a sequel. It'll be their first true Xbox Game Studios title, because obviously they were working on Psychonauts 2 when they were purchased. In 2018, Schaefer tweeted that Double Fine was hiring for an unannounced game stating it was a new IP. So maybe we'll see that this year. Um, obviously, Double Fine tends to make games that are at a smaller scope. Uh, it doesn't necessarily affect their quality. And the fact that it's a new IP is exciting because Double Fine is so creative and unique with the worlds they create. And uh, that's totally a game, too, I could see announced this year and then comes out either late this year or early next year because Double Fine is in a studio that needs this big marketing cycle. I think they want to get their games out as soon as possible, especially with kind of the drawn out development of Psychonauts 2, thanks to like the fig investments and all that stuff. So yeah, I'm I'm stoked. I think for me, Psychonauts 2 put Double Fine in a place where um I am I am all in on their next game, barring it's like a weird genre I'd never play, which I don't think they'd make. But basically what I'm saying is like double fine, show me your next game because I'm in day one, almost certainly. Yeah. I that's interesting. I like the way they talk about it too, um, especially based on what I was saying before about you know, something new and different and all that. But yeah, Psychonauts two was was a surprise for me, um, having been new to the series. I really enjoyed it. Like, like you said, something about that world they created there, like its uniqueness and creativity, um, and it was still it was fun to play too. But uh, and the way everything was kind of contextualized in the game was i don't know it just kept making me smile I remember that so yeah I'm, oh, I'm super curious now what 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 their plans are well they're the wild card studio at xbox because like we can safely assume some of the bigger projects are going to fall in line with industry standards or, or or trends whereas with double fine you don't know what the world's going to be the story anything and i think that's exciting because that that's honestly when we look across the bow at like playstation i think the closest thing they have is uh, Mediatonic, but I don't think Mediatonic has the same freedom that Double Fine does, which is unfortunate mm-hmm. because Mediatonic is super creative with what they can accomplish. Um, so, yeah, Mediatonic. I'm really hoping. I'm sure. I'm, is that the Dream Studio? Am I right about that? Media Molecule. That's what I thought. Media Molecule. But Who's I was Mediatonic? Like, I'm going to look that up real quick. Hold on. I think you made it Yeah, up. but you, you know what I'm saying about Media yeah. Molecule being kind of similar to Double Fine, right? But maybe not having the same level of freedom of mm-hmm. what they could do. Let's see here. Mediatonic. Yeah, that Mediatonic? feels like... And, and we're making... 
assumptions, but it's, it's how I feel like we've heard from certain developers at least that um, being with Xbox and putting things on a Game Pass has yeah kind of helped shepherd in more creativity and more opportunity for smaller projects and different types of projects. Um, yeah, so hopefully that's that's the case here that Double Fine can really do uh, like all the weird shit they want to do. So Mediatonic developed Fall Guys, Gears Pop, Hot Off oh. Boyfriend. You remember that pigeon okay. dating sim that blew up? <laughs> no, but sure, I believe. You that. don't remember Hot Off Boyfriend? Yeah, no. that was a big thing. It was like a dating sim, but you dated pigeons. It was very weird. What? It was like on the uh, Vita or something. Of course it was. Uh, but yeah. I, Media molecules, who I meant. Next up, Playground Games. Last release, Forza Horizon 5 in 2021. Next release, Fable Reboot, revealed in July of 2020. Has a new studio lead and major changes reported. At the beginning of 2023, a rumor surfaced claiming that Fable had switched over to Unreal Engine 5 and was being fully restarted. Both Christopher Dring of GamesIndustry.biz and Jez Corden of Windows Central both vehemently claimed that this was untrue and outright fake. That's what basically happened. This rumor started surfacing on Twitter online saying, oh, Fable's in trouble, Playground Games, they completely rebooted to work it on Unreal Engine 5, the game's starting over from scratch, yada, yada, yada. And two people I trust in Jez Corden and Christopher Drink from Games Industry are like, no, they're lying. That's totally fake. That's not the case. Development's fine. Uh, obviously, they've had some changes with people leaving, but no, it's, yeah, which is crazy. And it's good that we got an update so quickly that this didn't draw through half of the year. People wondering, are we ever going to get Fable? These guys kind of, nipped it in the bud so that's good this is a game i think i'm more in line with what you felt for perfect was it per, was it perfect dark yeah i've like i don't think we're seeing this game this year unfortunately yeah. especially yeah. with avowed potentially being around the corner they're not necessarily the same game but they're in similar places and it's like oh we can hold off fable and we can showcase avowed this year we don't have to worry about that um yeah that's how i feel how do you feel about fable potentially being shown this year same thing. I'm not expecting it, um, especially now that we covered uh, Ninja Theory, and we're likely to get some Hellblade this year. So that's another another tally in the column of what we do expect to see, making it um, to me feel like we don't need to see Fable if it's still early. So I'm kind of even even with the knowledge that that silly rumor was was fake. <laughs> I I think this is something that they're not in a rush to 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 give us more of. Yeah, we know it exists. The worst thing they could do is show us more than we still have to wait multiple years to actually see it in full. So hold off until you have something meaningful to show and Xbox needs you to show something. Uh, next up, Rare. Last release, Sea of Thieves in 2018. Next release, Everwild. An action-adventure game. Reveal was at Exo 2019. Video Games Chronicle reported that the game saw a complete reboot and development in 2021, now targeting a 2024 release. In December of 2021, Jeff Grubb stated that Everwild's development was still a mess and that devs working on the game didn't really know what was going on with the game. Developer Lucid Games, who most recently developed Destruction All-Stars for the PlayStation 5, that like car combat game, uh, was announced to be helping Rare with Sea of Thieves. This suggests that it is also to help them turn their full attention to either Everwild or another unannounced project. And that's me kind of saying like, maybe they just canned Everwild completely and they're working on their next project. But I do believe Lucid Games coming in to help with Sea of Thieves is for Rare to turn their attention to the next thing, right? Um, so we'll see what happens. I love Rare. They're super creative, but I think they're in an opposite place of Double Fine where Sea of Thieves is successful and they're always adding to it. And I, I personally want to hop in to check it out because they've added pets and a bunch of dope stuff. 
but I do think they're being underutilized by Xbox, and that I think that they should greenlight remakes of their classic games that Xbox owns the properties, um, and I think that they should be able to create more games. Like, they're the studio I would hope is on always make just smaller, cool games. Like, you don't need to make a big AAA game. Just make yeah. smaller, cool games for us, Rare, because you got that in you. Um, so, we'll see. I don't think... I don't know if we'll ever see Everwild. I'm at that point now. The game looked cool. I mean, it, was, it wasn't a game. It was, like, a concept of, like, wildlife, which was cool. It looked like a, a peaceful, kind of like we were talking about earlier, it was, like, the peaceful take on Monster Hunter is what it felt like, of like, the non-violent Monster Hunter, uh, which would be really funny to see. Because, uh, you know, you're scraping up body parts for Monster Hunter to create new armor in this one. You're just not killing them at all. Yeah, harvesting monsters for resources to kill more monsters. This one, you're harvesting humans to feed the animals? I don't know. But yeah, so from you specifically, do you, are you, is your interest piqued by ever seeing Everwild again? Or are you with me that like, just let Rare make smaller creative games? Yeah, it does, it does seem like whatever... Whatever Everwild is or was or will be, uh, TBD. It's kind of. It feels like one of those like I don't want to think about it anymore. If it's because like you've not really shown that there's something substantial and that I can trust will actually exist one day in a meaningful way. So you know, I'm over it. Sort of a thing. Uh, yeah, I I don't really expect to see that, but. But I do like the idea, and as someone, even as someone who wasn't ever into like the rare stuff, um, you know, of our youths, uh, I still think you're right. Like, I would like to see them do more stuff. Especially we saw like, oh man, there was a game that was like trying to be Banjo Kazooie a couple of years ago that came out, Ukulele, Ukulele, and I think had you know kind of like moderate uh, to mediocre kind of success it was like 78 to like 83 on on metacritic okay. i believe somewhere okay in there. that's pretty good okay that's yeah. better than than i remembered so like that's pretty good but i'll double check more of that you know i more rare type you know 3d action platformers what i don't know I, as we, we, we've been saying it for years now like we've kind of lost that genre almost and i'm down for more of it like yeah more uh psychonauts type games and yeah, more something like more like ukulele. Um, we can't just be leaning on uh, a 3D Mario game once a decade to get that fixed. I feel like we can get more. Um, Hell, give Sony Xbox too. its own kart racer. Like, give it a mascot kart racer. Like, they have the experience mm -hmm. with Diddy Kong yeah. Racing. Like, do that. I don't know. Do stuff. So, the first ukulele, you were kind of closer. The first ukulele was 75. The sequel, okay, that's, which is the one I played, uh, Ukulele in the Impossible Layer was an 82. That's when I was. Okay, so I didn't even know there was a sequel, dude. So, okay, that makes sense. Way better. Mm -hmm. From what, I mean, I didn't play the first one, but the first one is, like, very simplistic in its design. The second one felt much more like a modern 3D family Mario game. So not Odyssey, but, like, the Mario and Luigi, like, uh, what is it called? 3D world type games? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, next up, Mojang. The last release was Minecraft Dungeons in 2020. Next release, Minecraft Legends action strategy game set to release in 2023 will be featured during the January 2023 Developer Direct. I'm more curious to see how this game plays. I'm definitely going to check it out because I love dungeons. Um, yeah, we'll see how they take that like weird tactic strategy game and meld it into uh, the Minecraft world. Next up, these next three developers, um, I guess we'll turn 10 real quick and then we'll get to the three developers I was about to mention. Uh, turn 10, Forza Motorsport 7 in 2017. They're releasing Forza Motorsport 
uh, this year in 2023. It's going to be a focal point of the Direct. And uh, release date will likely be announced. We don't really have much to add. It's probably going to be the prettiest game on Xbox Series X. And that's that. Uh, next up, these three new studios. Uh, not new, but these three studios I want to talk about, Dom, specifically, are in this weird category where I think now being owned by Xbox Game Studios, their next project could vault them into being known as AAA game developers in the same reverence as a lot of the other studios we've talked about with Xbox. And you'll get what I'm saying when I get to them. So the first one is NXL Entertainment. Obviously, award-winning RPG developers, but they mostly develop like CRPGs. Um, but in their last release, they actually released three games in 2020. They released Wasteland 3, Wasteland Remastered, and a VR game called Frostpoint. Uh, their next release, they're said to be working on two new games, one in full production and the other in pre-production. The one in full production, we've actually talked about before, Dom, Project Cobalt which was revealed by Jez Corden in August of 2021. This was along with the Pentiment stuff. It is said to be a first-person steampunk RPG, loosely rumored for 2023 reveal a late 2024 release, which hmm. would be cool. Because if it's revealed this year, it's fine, and then you have Avowed at the first half of the year, and then you have Project Cobalt at the second half of the year. Very different games, too. One's very fantasy RPG. This one's steampunk, so you're thinking a little bit more modern in terms of technology. Uh, there's actually concept art too that came out. Uh, I'm actually going to link this to you in the Discord so you can check it out, Dom. So let me see if I can find this for you. Uh, let me see here. It is. Or I could just read you the the long URL if you want. <laughs> yeah, let's copy paste that link. <laughs> uh, there we go. So I sent it to you. Uh, it looks cool. I like the world. It, it's very uh, Harry Potter but without the, the turf talk, which is good. Um, it's... <laughs> hey, man. Turf. Yeah, I gotta be honest. <coughs> yeah, J.K. Rowling. Uh, it looks cool, Ooh, don't you think? Very cool. Very uh, detailed. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I love the detail of, like, the, the snow, like, melting into the mud. It's very yes. Rockstar, in my opinion. Not that say, this game's gonna be the level of Rockstar. Who knows? Maybe. That'd be cool if it was, but... Those are some small little like environmental design details that I eat that shit up. It just, I love too, that it feels like a proper like European city. Like it's very condensed. Uh, mm -hmm. I just love the vibe. So I'm excited for that. Uh, but like to my point, I think NXL Entertainment is known as like, they're respected as like they're an RPG developer, but they don't really make things for the masses, right? Like they're yeah. not somebody like a Bethesda or a CD Projekt Red that's revered in that specific way. And I'm really hoping that this game takes him there because that concept art alone shows the potential that this could be the case. Uh, so I'm very excited because I think when people talk about NXL, they talk about their systems and the dialogue and the choices. And if we can get that in a, in a AAA first-person RPG setting, we've talked about before, Xbox is likely going to be the king of first-person Western RPGs. And if you got NXL, Obsidian, Bethesda all working at top-tier proficiency in that, in that way, so exciting so the rumors are 2023 reveal i hope we see it dom um how do you feel seeing that concept art are you are you wanting this to deliver steampunk isn't necessarily a setting we see all too often in media in general yeah it is kind of um you're right there's not that much of it and i think the last thing that felt like this was like the arcane show on netflix almost felt steampunky in a like different kind of way more yeah, you're right in that one, but this feels more realistic 
steampunk, kind of like you said, like a place in Europe or something. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm into it. I'm into the, the the vibe that it started to create. Uh, what I'm not, what I'm hesitant on is like, yeah, is this like a, a, a more strategic uh, CRPG style game compared to, you know, the Western style RPGs that I tend to go for? Because I did try to play Wasteland 3 and I didn't even make it like a couple hours in before deciding it was just, I don't know, too difficult slash I didn't have enough experience with that genre. So well, my hope is a switch to first person. This is their intention is to make a more like generally appealing RPG. I think that's my hope anyways, is like, that's mm-hmm. the thing is like, they've learned all these lessons. They have the budget now of Xbox. And I think that's the next step they want to make is cause I, I do. I do feel like there may be some little brother syndrome with an exile of like, okay, we belong to Xbox now. We got Obsidian and we got Bethesda and we got all these studios. Like let's show people that we also can make a kick-ass RPG because we have a niche audience that loves our games and they're, they're reviewed well, but let's make a, let's make a kick-ass RPG that a lot of people are going to be into. That's my hope. I hope so too. Yeah. And the unknown second project is in pre-production. Little is known, whatever. I'm assuming maybe a wasteland project or something. Uh, Next up undead labs. The last release was State of Decay 2 in 2018. State of Decay 2 Homecoming in 2021 was their ma- latest, most recent uh, major release. Next release, State of Decay 3, revealed in 2022. Or, yeah, yeah, 2022, July of 2022. A 2022 investigation by Kotaku led to the unveiling of sexist studio culture that led to the appointment of new studio head Philip Colt, Holt. Uh, Jez Corden has stated that it's best not to expect State of Decay 3 before 2024 at the earliest. So, okay, there's that. Fair enough. Yeah, which them too, I think they're planning to take State of Decay to the next step. Like from the founding of the first uh, State of Decay, their point was they wanted to make an indie game. Then State of Decay 2 was a little bit more of a, it was still indie, but obviously the budget was very clearly there. And the way they talked about State of Decay 3 is like, no, we want to make this feel like a AAA experience. And honestly, too, with a, a zombie focused AAA game, take your time. Let's get over this Dead Island and these Dying Light 2s and... Not to say it won't be unique in its own right, but we can wait on a zombie game. I'm I'm cool. Take it easy. Some of us are hype, absolutely front row of the hype train for Dead Island too. Bring it. <laughs> but I get your point though that um, the State of Decay Three is a different kind of zombie game, um, a little more serious. I did play the first one for uh, a good a good amount of time and really liked it because it is it is different than really any other zombie game. I think. Um, that I've at least uh, been familiar with, where it's really focused on the resources and um, there's a cool sound wave effect um, that I, I felt like was really well executed. Um, with like opening cabinets, you kind of see the sound waves um, reverberating from that kind of action. If you're like rummaging for you know, supplies and things, and you know you got to be mindful that nearby zombies wouldn't hear you. And it was there's some cool mechanics in that game. I didn't play community the building. Out was cool yeah yeah so i think uh yeah as much as i'm pumped for dead island too i think yeah this is a different type of thing but at least um it's good to know like i like the like to me we know it existed state of yeah state of decay 3 um but we had you know different ideas like all this stuff of like when we assume it will come out like what kind of time frame so i really appreciate that this kind of leak 
where Robert Gordon, you know, tells us, don't expect this until 2024 at the earliest, where it's like, it's not really revealing new information that is exciting, but just helping get our expectations in line and not even guaranteeing anything either, because it could be another year after that, or it could get canceled or whatever else, but, <laughs> exactly, but we already yeah. know it. We already know it's out there. Like, I like this kind of context. Uh, next up, last of Xbox Game Studios, and then we'll kind of rush through the Bethesda stuff because we are going kind of long. Uh, Compulsion Games, their last release was We Happy Few in 2018. Their next project, this is actually uh, rumored in the Jez Corden uh, Pentiment uh, thing. Project Midnight was leaked as the studio's first Xbox Game Studios title. Compulsion Games was said to have moved locations and doubled its staff in 2021. Uh, this In November of 2021, Jez Corden revealed the following alongside his pinpoint reporting of Pentiment from Obsidian. Project Midnight is a third-person action game set in a dark fantasy world inspired by American Southern Gothic literature. There are mutated harpies and other strange beasts. It's meant to be a coming-of-age story and an exclusively single-player experience. The repo said it, uh, the report said it'd likely be revealed or even released in the next couple of years. That was in 20, November of 2021. This was one that me and you got really excited for when we found out about it because... America, just like steampunk, American Southern Gothic isn't necessarily a setting we see all that often. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, give me mutated harpies and strange beasts from software gives that to me. I'd love to see more of that. And the thing with We Happy Few is critically it wasn't well received. But when you get into the nitty gritty of hearing what people said about that game, everyone thought that Compulsion Games was really good at making uh, systems and mechanics it's just the overall like narrative and structure of the game wasn't the strongest and i think that's something you can learn from especially by bringing in new writers and a new narrative team in general so i'm excited to see what they can do because this is their first foray as an xbox game studios developer and to our point earlier of like i want to i want all of these studios to get up to that triple a level and i think they're all capable especially with their talent and yeah third person action game like to me I feel like this might be closer to like a Souls-like maybe or uh, like a Nier Automata, more action-focused. Uh, That's what I was picturing. We'll see. Yeah. Very exciting stuff. Project mm -hmm. Midnight. It'd be cool if it was just called Midnight or something. Midnight. Midnight. I like when part of the project code names is incorporated into the actual name. That's always fun. Yeah, like Project Octoback Traveler, where they just removed yeah. Project. <laughs> Uh, real quick, Xbox Game Studios Publishing. So this is a publishing arm. We got Contraband, revealed in 2021, developed by Avalanche. This is the open-world co-op heist experience, which we saw the reveal trailer for. According to Jess Corden, it was supposed to release in 2022, but was pushed to this year. That's another game we forgot about. It's coming to Game Pass, Contraband. Kojima Productions game. Is it Overdose? Cloud-driven game? Who knows? We'll see. Yeah. Uh, Project oh. Belfry, described as a Ghibli-styled 2D action-adventure game developed by Stoic Games, Banner Saga team. Jeff Grubb described the game as Dragon's Crown meets Princess Mononoke. He went on to clarify that the game's design and structure are largely influenced by Dragon's Crown and its art style by the Studio Ghibli classic film Princess Mononoke, respectively. I love Princess Mononoke. That sounds exciting of a game having that art style. Stoic Games, if you've ever seen Banner Saga, they're totally capable of nailing that because Banner Saga is a beautiful game. Dragon's Crown, I'm not familiar with them. I don't know if you are. Um, but very little. People say it's like a more in-depth Golden Axe. Like Golden Axe is like bare bones, whereas like Dragon's Crown is the evolution to like a more full-fledged game. So definitely excited for that, Project Belfry. Uh, next up, Project Dragon. Jez Corden reported in April of 2021 that IO Interactive was likely working on an Xbox-exclusive fantasy RPG said to be very early in development at the time. He went on to say, 
On IO Interactive's website, various job listings are li live for multiplayer positions, and indeed we've heard that this Dragon Project is a connected world RPG set in an entirely new universe. That's weird. Connected world makes me believe like asynchronous multiplayer, like a From game, and less like a multi like a multiplayer game, if that makes sense. Don't you think? Connected world RPG is a weird way to phrase that. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. We'll see what they mean by that, I guess. Yeah. Well, also with it being the IO Interactive team, I wonder if it'll be like something happens in your game and then other people have like not necessarily a high score marker, but they have information on how other people did a certain thing in the game. You know, uh -huh. so it's connected in that way. That makes sense. So like, you know, Hitman, this person killed this guy with a frying pan in 20 seconds behind the van or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. But obviously in a fantasy setting. Like a From Software uh, type thing too. Next up, Project Suerte. Revealed by VentureBeat and corroborated by Windows Central, Certain Affinity, who's known for working on Call of Duty and Halo, is deep in development on a Monster Hunter-like experience. It has been in development since 2020 and was said to be revealed in 2023 with the 2024 release following said reveal. In these same reports, it was stated that the studio, Certain Affinity, is also working on a new game mode for Halo Infinite, long speculated to be the sci-fi franchise's take on the Battle Royale genre. Maybe Halo the Endless, like we talked about earlier for the developer uh direct I don't know, um, Jared. the only br i want in my halo is a battle royale. i'm not the first <laughs> person to say that it's, i'm joking monster hunter from uh certain affinity sounds interesting it's a bummer that it's coming possibly the year where xbox is getting monster hunter rise and hopefully fingers crossed this is just my personal hope of an announcement of monster hunter world 2 uh but we'll see what happens another game possibly slated for 2024 at that slate next year is filling up dom Next up, Project Indus. This is a 4x four strategy game developed by Oxide Games, known for its work on real-time strategy RTS Ashes of Singularity, which has an 81 in Metacritic. The gameplay sounds very similar to what you experience in Civilization. Probably not for either of us. 4x isn't necessarily my jam always, but I do dive into Civ, so if it's anything like Civ, it might give me a chance. Uh, Project Shaolin, action RPG with anime art style with Wu -Tang Clan, the Wu-Tang Clan creating music for the game. I'm very intrigued. Show me more. Wait, uh, okay, little to nothing yeah. is known about these projects. Project Velvet, Jez Corden stated that this is Compulsion Games' next game following Project Midnight. Project Kalimba, this was part of the GeForce leak. Project Gravity, also part of the GeForce leak. Project Vonnegut, which is likely named after the author. Jeff Grubb thinks it might be a new Shadowrun game. Shadowrun is a tabletop RPG franchise. They've had multiple video games. Look into it, you nerds. Uh, next up, Rumored Projects. Uh, Master Chief Collection for series like Gears of War or Fable have been kind of in the rumblings, and a new Killer Instinct game, possibly from Bandai Namco. Additional notes, official list of game projects known to be using Unreal Engine 5, Hellblade 2, Gears of War 6, Avowed, The Outer Worlds 2, Everwild, State of Decay 3, Bolt of NXL, NXL's two new RPGs, and Double Fine's next game, which is very intriguing. But not games Fable. Yeah. Well, yeah, because of the report, right? That no, they didn't have to restart development. Exactly. Uh, games rumored and are expected to release in 2023. Starfield, Forza Motorsport, Redfall, Contraband, Senua Saga, Hellblade 2. Pretty good lineup of all of those hit. Games rumored to release in 2024. Avowed, Project Cobalt, which is NXL's game, and Project Suerte, which is Certain Affinity's Monster Hunter game. Also, pretty good lineup so far. And we're going we're gonna to go through these Bethesda things pretty quick, Dom, so we can hit them, okay? Bethesda Game Studios, last release, Fallout 4, Starfield, obviously coming this year, Elder Scrolls 6, 
All we know is that it will release sometime after Starfield, with Phil Spencer saying it will almost certainly come out before Playground Games, come out after Playground Games Fable, which, yeah, I hope so. Diehard Elder Scrolls community members and sleuths believe that the reveal trailer hints of the game taking place in Hammerfell. It is most known for having mountain ranges, grasslands, and a giant desert known as the Lakir Desert, uh, which would be great for an open world game, obviously, diversity in the environments. It is home to the Red Guards, uh, which are the black race in uh, the Elder Scrolls universe, though the Dwemer once ruled its lands, which are the dwarves. There was a lot of dwarf stuff in Skyrim, so it'd be cool to see those kind of uh, relics return. Fallout 5. During an interview in June of 2022, Bethesda Game Studios head Todd Howard stated the development on Fallout 5 would begin after the completion of Elder Scrolls 6. <laughs> Bummer. This goes to our point of, like, let Obsidian, like, make some Fallout games, man. I don't want to wait that long for a new Fallout. Horse shit. I hate it. There's so much I wish I understood better about game development and, like, how they manage projects because it feels to me like, at least from, uh, you know, the information that we're given and our perceptions uh, to me is like they're just so sequential uh, at Bethesda proper where oh you're not going to start development until the previous game is done and I'm sure like at least some forms of pre-production get started but that feels at least the way Todd Howard described that and the, from what we've seen with their releases is like everything is just so back to back to back especially when it takes so long to develop these games that it just feels like there's maybe maybe better methods of working that other studios have figured out, like we've seen from Insomniac, Obsidian, uh, from software, where it, there's got to be some more forms of concurrency. And like you're working on different projects at different stages um, all the time, and and probably like they're doing that at Bethesda, um, and it's just not. We just don't know exactly how things work there. Um, maybe he, maybe Todd just isn't describing it fully or something but that's such like uh, Elder Scrolls 6 so far away and then you know that Fallout 5 isn't even going to start until after that's done it's like uh, not to get my hope weird, is that with the new engine that the gap between Starfield or uh, Elder Scrolls and Fallout 5 is closer than the gap between Fallout 4 and Starfield yeah hopefully that, that yeah that and hopefully I just in general things get optimized and I just want to play these games, you know. It's it feels like they're just some of it's just too abstract yet. Um, but but yeah, I hope I live long enough to play um, Fallout Five, you know, Fallout 5 <laughs> six, and seven, right? Um, so yeah, I'm just I'm excited. I love Bethesda, dude. Now the Arcane Studios, Arcane Austin. They last released Prey in 2017. They're working on Redfall. Obviously, we're going to see more of that at the Developer Direct. So excited to see if that's closer to Destiny or what mm -hmm. exactly it is. Arcane Leon, which developed Deathloop in 2021. Uh, with Deathloop finally making its way over to Xbox platforms, it's been confirmed that Arcane Leon has shifted its focus to its next project. Little to nothing is known about what it'll be, but LinkedIn postings have revealed that the studio is currently in the process of staffing up as they head into pre-production on their next project. Cool. cool. It's Software. Last release, Doom Eternal in 2020. Next release, it's unclear what's next for the famed FES developer who launched the last major piece of DLC for Doom Eternal on March 7th, 2021. Fans are hoping they bring the Quake franchise back in a major way. So we'll see now that they've handled Doom. Next up, Machine Games. Last release, Wolfenstein Youngblood and Cyber Pilot VR in 2019. Next release, Untitled Indiana Jones Game, said to feature an original story produced by the Bethesda Game Studios head Todd Howard, which I forgot. He's a big old Indiana Jones nerd. Will take place canonically between Raiders of the Lost Ark and Last Crusade. 
Wolfenstein 3. Little is known about the third entry in the BJ Blazkowicz saga, but recently Pete Hines stated it likely won't release before the Indiana Jones game, but we do know it's in development. Cool. That's good. That's good enough. Yeah. Tango Gameworks. Last release, Ghostwire Tokyo in 2022. It came to Xbox this year. It's coming to Xbox this year. I don't know if it's released yet. Next release. According to various sources, including Jess Corden, the studio's next game is called Hi-Fi Rush and is set to release in 2023. It is said to be a rhythmic fighting game set in Japan, resembling Jet Set Radio in many ways. Jeff Grubb, when discussing the rumored Q1 Xbox event in December, stated that it'll feature a Pentiment-level game from Tango Gameworks. It's unclear if the January 2023 developer direct is the event in question, or if Xbox is set to have a different one in the coming months. In mid-2021, legendary creator Shinji Mikami uh, stated that he wanted Tango to be a place to develop talent and wanted it to work on various things, such as smaller projects and even things in non-horror genres. And I wonder if that is from the fallout of that one lady, uh, Nakamura, leaving, and they oh, saw yeah. that they weren't developing young talent, they were going elsewhere. Um, yeah, so it's interesting. I don't know if Jeff Grubb was talking about this event specifically, and that's why it's rumored that it could possibly show up here. Or if it's another event, maybe the Starfield event or something else. Uh, but yeah, Hi-Fi Rush sounds interesting. I mean, it's going to be on Game Pass, so if it looks cool, I'll give it a shot. Yeah, that's kind of a... That, that's exactly what I was talking about earlier. Yeah, like um, what you mentioned about yeah, some of these studios getting small projects, you know, pushed out to and make them different. Make it like, I don't know, just... this. It sounds cool. Um, not, like, not typically my kind of thing, but um, maybe. We'll see. Uh, Zenimax Online Studios probably working on some Elder Scrolls expansion or something. Uh, Roundhouse Studios. This is the interesting one. Do you know who Roundhouse Studios is, Don? Do not. No one probably does. So, <laughs> the studio was founded in 2019 by Bethesda and includes most of the staff of former developer Human Head Studios after it closed. In addition to assisting Arcane Austin on Redfall, they are also said to be hard at work on an unannounced project. Little is known about the game, but the former studio had experience with role-playing and action-adventure titles Known mostly for their 26, uh, 2006 cult classic game, Prey. They made the original Prey. Oh. And okay. they've worked on other projects between then, but that's like their most notable. Here's the crazy thing that I found, Dom. So you know how Bethesda's working with Lucasfilm on Indiana Jones, right? Mm-hmm. A very loose rumor. I only saw this in a couple of places and not from the people I necessarily trust, but it was interesting. And enough people were talking about it that I wanted to mention it. A very loose, very loose rumor suggests that it may be a licensed game based on Planet of the Apes. Which is such an interesting IP to do a video game on. Like, that intrigues me. Yeah. That is interesting. I want... What does, what does that look like? You play like? as an ape? Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to picture it, and I can't. Um, that's also why people more creative than me make these games, but... Yeah, but imagine like an open world game, an open world RPG where you play as like an ape in an uprising. That'd be pretty sick. Yeah, interesting. Go Caesar. If that's the case, I just thought that was wild. So it's gonna be interesting to see what Roundhouse Studios has in development. But that's everything that we know about Xbox so far. We'll learn more details next week at the Developer Direct. I was about to say digital once again. Uh, yeah, that's the show. We've been running a little long, so I don't want to stay too long on what we've been playing. But I wanted to mention I finished Pentiment. Excellent nice. game. I think it is astounding how much it feels like an Obsidian RPG. Like, they managed to take the open world RPG of Fallout New Vegas and turn it into a 2D game where you investigate people and you have conversations with people and it's, it feels like a fully fledged RPG. 
with such a distinct art style, uh, twists and turns. It has a lot of good contextual thematic conversations about the importance of religion, uh, both good and bad that it plays in people's lives in terms of their moral compass. It touches on, uh, technology it touches on um abandonment issues like there's a lot of like generational trauma there's a lot of stuff that goes into that was really impressive and i am super happy i got to that game and i played it it was definitely it's definitely worth anybody's time the one caveat is it's not for everybody in that there's it's reading you know what i mean there's a lot of reading and that isn't for oh, everybody yeah. there are gameplay segments where you do stuff but it's very much walking to like thinking like who should i investigate about this specific thing let me go to and there's like a map and stuff and you can be like i need to go talk to this person and they lead you to something else and it's fun going back and forth and talking to people and making decisions and all that stuff but there's a lot of reading and i know it's a barrier of entry for some people a lot of americans unfortunately so uh, yeah if that's if that's a a, a barrier of entry for you that's it's a bummer because i think pentamin is a must play and uh Tune in in a couple of weeks when we'll announce our game of the year and where it lands on my list. So it'll be interesting. Also, another game I finished that was very narrative focused, Immortality. Oh yeah, I'm curious about how how you found this one. Did you did you have you played it already? No, but I've been really wanting to. So here's the thing I'll say. When I finished the game, absolutely loved it. I still love it. What I'm about to say doesn't change how I felt finishing the game. But what I will say is that unlike something like Inside, where you finish the game, it's very loose in its conclusion, and it lets you sit and ruminate on what you feel the story was and the point of it was, right? Mm -hmm. Great. With Immortality, there actually is a specific narrative in the game, okay? Here's the thing. I finished the game. I had a loose understanding of what the themes and what the, the narrative was, and I absolutely adored it. I went and looked up a video of, like, immortality explained and i watched that video and it actually i didn't like like knowing the entire narrative and how exactly it was because i think in hindsight how would i say this if i finished the game originally and i knew all of that information i think I, it would have been worse off for it but the fact that it, the game ends at a specific point and the only way to get the full understanding is to like do a completionist run right I think that's the best way to play the game. I was worse off for looking up exactly the explanation of the narrative, in my opinion. Hmm. Now, you might differ in that aspect, but for me, finishing the game with the pieces of information I had was satisfying, and I loved ruminating, like I said, like you do with Inside, on what it possibly meant. And when I knew the actual narrative, it kind of, it didn't bring down my experience, but I'm like, oh, I would have hated if that's the way I finished the game and I knew all of that information, if that makes sense. It's a very weird place to be. Uh, th for those who don't know, the game basically centers on an actress named uh, Marisa Marcel, and she disappears. And all people know is that she made these three movies in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. None of them came out. And you're basically looking through old found footage, piecing together clips, trying to see what happened. You're seeing not only like takes of scenes from the movie, you're seeing behind-the-scenes stuff, and you're piecing together this woman's life and what happened in it over the course of three decades, or like two and a half decades. Really cool. Really enjoyed it. The surprises in that game, I never saw coming. Uh, it takes you places you wouldn't expect. <laughs> it's uh, There's parts of it that are like... 
I don't want to say I don't want to spoil anything. There's parts of this game that go to genres you wouldn't expect a game like this to go to, which is very interesting. Interesting. Okay. okay. Yeah. I but I definitely think it's a must play. Yeah. So it took me like six or seven hours, not too long. Um, and the way I personally did it is, you know, there's three films you have to piece together. You click on objects and stuff in each of the scenes to go lead to other scenes. And the way I felt best was I tried to get as much out of one film first before moving to the other, even though I would unlock clips for the other movies. And I would try to get a full understanding of that movie for the most part. Obviously, there's points in which you can't get additional clips until you go to the other movies and then find it through there, if that makes sense. Sure. But that's the way I did it is I was like, okay, I got a pretty good understanding of what this movie was and kind of what happened with the interpersonal relationships. I can't really unlock anything more here. And then I moved on to the second one and then the third one kind of worked that way. It was better for me to like get through everything. But yeah, d- dope. Uh, the actress, Ma- uh, Mano Gage, uh, finally learned how to pronounce her name. And that's not Manon. Um, phenomenal, such a great actress. Uh, like I hope to see her in, uh, like TV and movies. She's phenomenal in this game. Absolutely incredible. Cause she's technically playing like an actress, but then she's also playing the character in the movie that you're watching. But then she's also playing the character above that. It's like, yeah, it's, it's crazy. So astounding. Yeah. And I can't speak about last of us episode one cause I haven't watched yet, but the plan is is that next week when we do PlayStation, State of PlayStation, uh, part of that segment at the end is we're going to discuss the first two episodes of Last of Us. So I think that'll be cool. Be I'll be able time. to catch up on the first one, and then we can fully talk about that. But that's, that's me. I don't know what to dive into next. I'm figuring that out. Uh, I think As Dusk Falls is what I'm going to try to play before our Game of the oh, Year right. uh, podcast. You, anything to mention? <laughs> Nothing new. It's, I, I was traveling. I had a busy week. You know, all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, just been tapping back into KOTOR 2 a little bit, um, here and there. And that's, that's been a lot of stuff getting added to the backlog. It seems though, <laughs> immortality, um, being one of them. So, and yeah, pentiment. nothing and pentiment. That's what I was thinking of. Yep. So yeah, but I will say that first episode of the last of us on HBO, um, was absolutely chef's kiss. Nothing different or interesting to say than you have already heard about it. Um, so, you even even if you didn't like the game, it's a good show. At least as, if you don't like the gameplay of the game, then it's still a really good show on its own, I would think. That's what I'm actually most curious of, is um, what people who didn't play the game think of the show. That'll be a cool um, perspective to, to hear from other people on. So, we're about to have the year of Pedro Pascal. Right. Yeah. We are. I hope he's announced for a video game that we don't know about, because then you just bring it all together. Because we got that'd be cool. The Mandalorian. We got Last of Us, or even maybe like an unannounced TV project. I, I'd love mm-hmm. him in. I I also want him in the Marvel Cinematic Universe at one point. I don't know in what role, but I would love for him to be in it to some extent. Because that guy is just he's so great. I love Pedro Pascal. Getting that work done too, just and everything it feels like every every major. Uh, franchise it seems like he's finding his way into so it's only a matter of time before he's in the mcu Um, well the thing too is he's very much an auteur in terms of like i think the way he handles his acting like he's very much a performer and the thing with that is a lot of those type of actors are assholes for better or worse like it gives you a good product on screen but that's just the way they they're kind of built he's the opposite he just seems like a great guy to be around just like a swell dude Mm -hmm. like it just seems like he's a lovable person that people want to spend time with that's cool to see too um 
Anyways, that's been it for this week's show. Please follow us on YouTube. Search us up. We'll pop right up. Subscribe. Hit the bell notification so you never miss an episode. Hit the bell. Uh, I just said that. Like the video. Sorry, long podcast. Uh, comment. Let us know what you're most excited to see at the Xbox Devolver. Xbox Developer Direct. <laughs> uh otherwise you can follow us on podcast services you got your itunes you got your google podcast you got your spotify just search controlled interest will pop right up on twitter you can follow us collectively at ctrl int it's controlled interest abbreviated you can follow dom at ob dom ob dom kenobi but the o and ob is the number zero not the letter o and you can follow me at jared white j-e-r-a-d-w-y-c-h-e other than that uh look forward to our playstation episode and then our game of the year the week after we're also going to be recording uh god of war ragnarok explorer cast in the next couple of weeks and uh oh go listen to our 2023 gaming predictions we did last week on our fantasy critics league draft uh some pretty good teams we have for each of us it was hard making counter picks and gaming predictions we spoke with our heart but we also spoke with our brain and we'll see what happens there uh we did speak with our brain and neither of us drafted for spoken thankfully i'm hoping that game comes out as like an 85 and just proves everybody wrong but we'll we'll i mean Gary would have helped write it, so I gotta think at least the story should be decent. I wonder if the closer we get to that game, he just comes out and is like, I was actually just a consultant. <laughs> I didn't yeah, actually yeah. Very limited role. Yeah, yeah very, very limited. Alright, thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you guys next week with our State of PlayStation podcast. See you guys then.